and other likenesses of Jesus. As we journey together for the next six weeks, the cross and the empty tomb, we look at everything that took place on our abandoned point of Jesus as our Savior did for us. Walk with us as we look at our living we pray that we will find renewed awareness and appreciation of how the Lord guided the saints of old as well as though we have served in this Dr. Mark Luther is one of those saints. We will look at what he wrote and commandments and how they guide us. We make our beginning in the name of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. O Lord, O Christ, O Lord, O Christ. God the Father in heaven. God the Son, Redeemer of the world. God the Holy Spirit. Be gracious to us. Be gracious to us. By the mystery of your holy incarnation, by your holy nativity, by your baptism, fasting, and temptation, by your agony and bloody sweat, by your cross and passion, by your precious death and burial, by your glorious resurrection and ascension, and by the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, help us, good Lord. In all time of our tribulation, in all time of our prosperity, in the hour of death, and in the day of judgment, Help us, good Lord. We poor sinners implore you to hear us, O Lord, to prosper the preaching of your word, to bless our prayer and meditation, to strengthen and preserve us in the true faith, and to give heart to our sorrow and strength to our repentance. We implore you to hear us, O Lord, to draw all to yourself to bless those who are instructed in the faith, to watch over and console the poor, the sick, the distressed, the lonely, the forsaken, the abandoned, and all who stand in need of our prayers, to give abundant blessings to all works of mercy, and to have mercy on us all. We implore you to hear us, good Lord, to turn our hearts to you, to turn our hearts, to turn the hearts of our enemies, persecutors, and slanderers, and graciously hear our prayers. We implore you to hear us, Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, we implore you to hear us. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy. 
Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Have mercy. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Grant us your peace. O Christ, O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, have mercy. O Lord, have mercy. Amen. And now we will have the imposition of the ashes. Forward here with me to kneel, to stand, and to be invited to meditate on Psalm 98. We rise for the reading of the intro. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out all my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, 
a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. We continue with the Kyrie on page 186. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows, he may turn and have pity and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and grain offerings. For the Lord your for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, consecrate the assembly, bring together the elders, gather the children, those nursing at the breast, let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber, let the priests who minister before the Lord, weep between the temple porch and the altar. Let them say, Spirit of people, O Lord, do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Then the Lord will be jealous for his land and take pity on his people. The Lord will reply, reply to them, I am sending you grain, new wine and oil, enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object of scorn to the nations. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning at verse 20. I'm sorry, yeah. 
We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor, now is the day of salvation. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path, so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich having nothing, and yet possessing everything. This is the word of the Lord. Now we rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Gospel for this Ash Wednesday night is the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 6, beginning at verse 1, and going through verse 6 and then verses 16 through 21. And this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received the reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your, let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received a reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth. 
they have received your reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the gospel of the Lord. And now we continue with the hymn of the day, hymn number 433, Glory to Jesus. Grace, mercy, and peace from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God that I share with you is our gospel lesson. And again, I ask you to pray with me. Lord, help us to live our lives reflecting you in us. Forgive us 
help us and strengthen us. For we are indeed frail and weak, and we need your help in everything. In Jesus' name we pray. The Gospel lesson is the traditional Ash Wednesday Gospel. The story about alms and fasting and prayer. A lesson in which Jesus warns us not to make a show of our piety, our behavior, as the hypocrites do. This is a particularly good warning for Lent because we are tempted to do that in this season more than in any other. I can remember when I was in high school and when Lent began, some of, well, go back a second. I went to Lutheran High West and so did my wife. And so we were in a Lutheran high school. And so when Lent came around, some of our fellow classmates starts, would start to talk about what they were going to be giving up for Lent. And one person said, oh, I'm going to give up Coke for Lent. And I just, that's still re stuck in my mind. I just remembered that. What's that got to do with anything? That's not what this is about. And of course, the person was telling everybody that this is what they were going to be doing. Temptation and resisting temptation, repentance and turning to things of God are the real themes of the Lenten season. Most of us are conditioned that Lent is the season to set aside for self-examination and assessment. Lent is a time to repent. Repent of our lack of attention to the things of God and to our over-attention to ourselves in our personal lives. It's time to confess our sins. Those we commit in those things, of those things that we shouldn't have done, and those sins that we commit by not doing things we should have done. We want to own up, get right with God, and turn again to the truth that he has for us. Lent is the time to do all that. But our Lord's words remind us that Sin is much more than sins. The readings that we have during this Lenten season again note that Jesus was tempted just as we are. However, the difference between him and us is not that we give in to sin and he didn't but that we are sinful and he is not. Sin is 
a quality of life that goes beyond doing things wrong. And we do lots of those, don't we? It affects everything we are, even what we think, dream, and hope. That's what Jesus warns us about today. In Lent, we renew our life, intending to repent of our sins and turn again to the things of God. But Jesus reminds us that even though our intentions may be sincere, it's not a matter of repenting sins, but of having a sinful nature. I've always said this in confirmation classes and elsewhere. It's in the genes. We're sinful, we're sinners because our parents were sinners and those parents. This is all inherited from Adam and Eve. This is the whole line. This is the whole story. It isn't just because We've done something. It is because we are something. We are sinners. We are sinful. And we cannot rid ourselves of this condition on our own. We can't fix it. Only God can, and he did through his son, Jesus Christ. Our piety is seldom pure and without guile. At some level, we usually repent and reform with one eye to the attention of reward that we might receive. Some part of us repents because we hope for good things, because we're repentant, or because we want to avoid the guilt and the bad things of continuing to sin. It's like even our laws. If we have done something wrong, say we got stopped for speeding, and the police officer comes up and we say, Sir, officer, I am so sorry. I know that I was speeding. I just wasn't thinking. The police officer will probably still give you a ticket because you were speeding, even though you said you were sorry. We're sinners. And God forgives us not because of anything that we have done, we come to him, letting him know and saying to him, Lord, we have sinned and are guilty of sin and cannot set ourselves free. And we want to stop, but we can't do it on our own. At least a part of us in our repentance, isn't sorry that we sinned. 
but we repent because we fear the consequences before a just and righteous God. At least a part of us is like the boy who is caught stealing candy and is sorry, very sorry. Not that he stole the candy, but that he got caught. When the chips are down, even in our repentance, our bottom line is always, unfortunately, because of our condition, what's in it for me? That's what it means to be a sinner. That truth, that fact is the definition of sin. Double-mindedness, distorted devotion, self-concern are always within us, even in our most sincere moments of prayer and repentance and devotion to God. And we can't change that. We can't do anything about it. We can't overcome what we are. Self-centered, self-serving people. Sinners. Even our repentance is tinged with concern for our own advantage. That's why St. Paul takes such pains to tell us over and over and over again that we cannot save ourselves by our deeds, by our faith, or by our piety. We can rend our garments, Jesus says, as the Pharisees do. We can give to the, the hungry and the needy. We can pray and fast and can dedicate ourselves to devotions. But righteousness before God does not consist of these things. Traditionally, Lent is a time to take a look at ourselves to examine our lives to see what is wrong and what needs to be put right. Certainly, this is a good thing, possibly even a necessary thing, and it does have value. But Jesus tells us that it is a dangerous thing to approach Lent as we usually approach it, it's a dangerous thing because it can lead, it can lead us into what our Lord calls an outward form of piety, a form of piety in which we rend our garments instead of our hearts. Not a lot of people are seen today with ashes on their forehead. I'm sure less now than there used to be. And this is an outward sign, but I'm glad that more people, that people are doing it today because some people are ridiculed and made fun of because they have ashes on their forehead. 
I happened to go to the gas station to get gas and the couple over on the other side of the pumps, the gentleman got out of the car and I happened to notice that he had ashes on his forehead. And I was thinking, well, I'm wondering, is he Catholic or Lutheran? Or Because I'm not sure too many other denominations do the imposition of ashes anymore. But I didn't see anybody else today, anywhere. And so probably today is something that we should be doing to let the world know that we are Christians and we believe in him. Sometimes these outward signs are good. Good to show the world that Christ lives here. But if we just do it, just to do it and to try to get glory and praise for it, That's not good. It needs to be something happening from our hearts. Jesus suggests that we use Lent not as a time to look inward to consider what we have done or have not done, but a time to look up, to see even more clearly what God has done and is doing. For he sent his son to die for us. He sent his son to help us and guide us. And he is working in our hearts and lives and in the lives of others. Lent is a time to consider the love of God that calls us to be his people, even in our sin, even just as we are. You see, Christ died for you, not because of anything you've done. He died because of his love for you. And he died for you just as you are. But he also gave you the gift of faith and the forgiveness of sins by the power of the Holy Spirit to make you his. You didn't do anything. You were the recipient of his great gift of love. And since we are as we are, we're not able to turn to God. Our only hope is that God will turn to us. And that precisely is the good news of the gospel, that he comes to us again today in word and in sacrament as we receive the very body and blood of Christ. Him coming into our lives and into our bodies to give us the strength to live as his people. His sacrifice for us that we didn't and don't deserve. The good news that while we were yet in our sin, God loves us, and Jesus died for us. This is the real meaning of Lent. 
to celebrate his great gift, his great love that we so desperately need to hear. You see, God loves you and sent his son for you. Not because you're so great and wonderful, but that he just loves you. Amen. And now may the peace of God that goes far beyond our human understanding keep your, our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he comes again. Amen. We rise for Lord, again, we come to you with grateful thanksgiving, thanking you for the gift of your love through your Son, Jesus Christ. For without you and him and the Holy Spirit creating faith in us, we would be lost forever. us each and every day to appreciate all that you do for us, all that you give us, all that you have done for us, and help us to share this love that you have given us with all the ones, with all the world. Again, today we thank you, for we need you so much and deserve nothing from you. Continue to bless us as we hear your word and you feed us through the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, that we may be strengthened to live our lives each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We receive our We rise for prayer.
God, Heavenly Father, again we bring gifts of thanksgiving and praise from the bounty that you shower upon us. Take them and use them, Lord, that your great love and forgiveness through your Son may be proclaimed to all the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Turn to page looking for something here and I see sense that it's missing and so if we turn to page 184 first of all and there join in making confession of our sins using the confession on the left side O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, which I have ever offended you, and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you, of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death, your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, be gracious and merciful to me, Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the Word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive all of your sins in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And now we turn to page 124, and there we continue with the service of the sacrament. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. salvation of mankind by the tree of the cross, that where death arose, their life also might rise again, and that the serpent, who overcame by the tree of the garden, might likewise by the tree of the cross be overcome. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, 
We laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and
We rise and sing the new things.
Thank you.